I knew a woman many years ago. She told me a story that I've never forgotten. It was quite powerful. She had said that all her life she'd had great difficulties in being in relationships with men. That wasn't hard to believe in itself, but her reasoning behind it, when she was younger, her father had abandoned her. She'd never seen him again. And she said every, every time she'd get in a relationship with another man after that, she'd always have this thought in the back of her head, are you going to leave me too? If I become vulnerable with you, will you break my heart also? Because in her mind, what her mother told her, that her, said her father had left them, and then years later died in a plane accident. Well, at one point when she was in her late 20s, she received a letter from an old friend of her father, a man she'd never met, and he said, I want you to know who your father really was. He says, your father loved you very much, and he spoke often to me about the day he'd finally be able to come back to you. And it was on that very trip of him flying back to you that his plane crashed and he was lost. So not only did her father love her, but he lost his life in his very journey in trying to get back to her. And she said when she began to process that and understand that, it totally transformed her relationship with her husband in the time. She was finally able to open up to him again without fear of being abandoned. And what she, under, what she experienced there was called a healing of memory. So the most defining faculty of the human person is our memory. We live out of what we remember, so much that it's said that memory is identity. What you remember defines who you are. So our experience of reality, if you think about it this way, it's not linear, it's not just one event after another that I'm walking into, it's cyclical. So I'm always knowing myself in my present according to what I've experienced in the past and projecting that into the future. So if she's in relationships right now thinking about herself being abandoned in the past, she's projecting that into her present. And as soon as she came to understand that her father loved her, this woman, then she was able to live that reality in the present moment. That's why our memories form our identity, ultimately. So today I want to I'm going to speak about three things what a wounded memory is, what a healed memory looks like, and what that has to do with Advent. So a wounded memory is basically any memory that causes me pain, anxiety, fear, anything that makes me close up in my life, close me down from the world. Because part of the purpose of memory is to save us from danger. It's to warn us about ways that we've fallen in the past so that it can protect us in the future. Right? So if you get in a car accident, right, Immediately right when you get it back in the car, your brain starts going crazy, like, be careful, watch out, you almost died. It's protecting you. If you ever fell in love in the past and then you get in another relationship, you know, and you had your heart broken in the past, your memory's going to be saying, be careful, watch out, you might get hurt. If you've been to my masses in the past and you know I preach for like 20 minutes, you come here and you're in a rush, your brain's saying, watch out, you're going to miss breakfast today. It's giving me a long mass. Don't worry, I have Lapway after this, so I have to go a little faster than usual. Those are wounded memories. And so we're taking the memories, the warnings from the past, and we're projecting them into the present moment. And it causes us to shrink away in fear and hide in the present moment. And so these are the places that ultimately need redemption in our life. So wounded, uh, healed memory. A healed memory, in my opinion, is anything is seeing my entire life through the eyes of God. 
that there's nothing in my life that hasn't been touched by God's grace. The psalm, let us see your face and we shall be saved. Our memories are healed and we experience the salvation that only Christ can give us. When everything that I've experienced in my life, in my past, has been touched by his presence. There is nothing in my history where God was not. You know that saying that everything someone touches, they turn it to gold, right? Everything that Jesus Christ touches, he turns into gold. Even the darkest parts of our lives. There's a Christological axiom that has to do with the incarnation that the untouched is the unsaved. What we're celebrating in the incarnation in Christmas is that Christ had to totally assume our human nature, every aspect of what it means to be man in order to save it, right? That's true on a theological level, but I believe it's also true on a psychological level. The untouched is the unsaved. Every memory in my life, every experience I've ever endured, wherever I have not experienced the vision of Christ, his voice, his face, the face of God shining on me there, well, it remains unredeemed. The untouched is the unsaved. And to the degree that I allow in my prayer God to find me in those places and reveal himself, that's where I can experience his salvation. And when I see God in my past, it transforms my experience of the present moment. So you think about David and Goliath, right? Why did David know that going against this giant, he would be successful? And Paul, Saul even warned him. He said, you're just a mere youth. This man has been a warrior all of his life. What makes you think that you can kill him? And David's response was, when I was a shepherd in the fields, the bears and the lions would come against my sheep and I myself would kill them. Therefore, the Lord who saved me from the claw of the lion and the bear, he will also save me from the hands of this Philistine. That's a healed memory. God was faithful to me in the past. Therefore, I'm not afraid to fight. I don't need to cower and hide because I know that God will be faithful to me in my fight now. It's something that opens us up to life and takes away our fear. When we change the way we look at the past, it transforms our experience of our present moment. Many stories reflect this central drama. Two movies came to my mind especially. They're both romances. And the fact that I'm a priest doesn't make that weird, okay? First one is The Notebook. So we know, the younger generation is going to know the first one. Older generation might know the second example better. But in The Notebook, Allie gives up on a relationship with Noah, right? Because she thought that he forgot about her, that he moved on. And so when she sees him again, she says, Why didn't you write me? I waited for you for seven years, and now it's too late. And what's his response? I wrote you every day for a year. I wrote you 365 letters. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. But this example is over because it can only go downhill from here. <laughs> but when she reinterpreted her past, you did write me. You didn't forget about me. It changed the choice that she made in the present moment. Therefore, we're still open to a relationship. So what happens is that sometimes when we suffer in the past, we go through a traumatic experience, we feel like God abandoned us. 
Like, if you really loved me, where were you in that time when I needed you so much? And so in those dark times in our history, if we haven't experienced God's presence saving us there, then what makes you think that we're going to be able to have faith that God's going to save us in the present moment? If he wasn't there to save me, how will he be here to save me right now? And so our prayer, when we go to dialogue with God, this is exactly what we're bringing to him. Where were you in the past when I needed you in this time in my life? And then we give him the chance to give his side of the story. I did write you, and this is the way I was there. And that changes us in the present moment. So the other movie, for your old folks, Casablanca. It's like the same story. So Rich, uh, Rick, sorry, Humphrey Bogart, he's running the saloon in Casablanca. And we see him in the beginning. He's a man who's totally given up on life. He's given up on people, given up on hope. He refuses to fight in the war at all. Why? Because his entire memory is consumed with the woman, the only woman that he ever loved, Igor Berman, who left him alone at the train station in Paris. Ever since that moment, he gave up on life. And his whole thought process, I stick my neck out for nobody. So that memory was filtering his entire identity. But then what happens? Of all the gin joints, of all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. And what does he discover? That she didn't leave him because she didn't love him. It was actually the opposite. She loved him very much. But she realized that her husband was still alive in the war. And she had to do the right thing to walk away from him to save her husband. As hard as that was for her. And when he came to understand and begin to process that memory, it transformed the person he was in the present moment. Little by little, he started to open up to life, to hope, to fight again. To the point that he even put her on the plane with her husband in the end to save them. We'll always have Paris. Right? It transformed him in the moment. And that's a healed memory. So when we change the way we look at our past, it transforms the experience of who we are in the present moment. And our goal as Catholics is to see our entire life, our entire history, especially the darkest times we've experienced, in the light of God's coming, how he was saving me in the midst of that darkness. Everything has to be touched by his hand in order to be turned into gold. St. Therese of Lisieux, she's a great example of this. When she writes her book, The Story of the Soul, her diary, she begins by saying, I'm not going to write you an autobiography, just a list of events. I'm going to tell you about all the ways God has been merciful to me throughout my entire life. That's how she saw her entire history. One thing after another of God saving her. And that transformed her experience of God in the present moment. Even though she was going through such a dark night of the soul and suffocating through tuberculosis. She said, the God who was faithful to me then through my darkness, he's using this for the good of my soul and the souls entrusted to my care. Same thing with St. Augustine, a man who lived the first 30 some years of his life away from God. When he writes his confessions, his autobiography, he says, it's from love of your love that I make recollection. It's from love of your love that I make recollection. It's from all the ways that you came down to save me in my darkest moments. It's my admiration of that that I write this confession.
That's a healed memory. So a wounded memory, it's sort of like a Rolling Stone song, you know, paint it black. We can do that. We can look back in our history and we can just paint it black with all the dark times of our life, all the brokenness, and we live out of that. On the other hand, a healed memory is more like a Louis Armstrong song, La Vie en Rose, all of my life in rose-colored glasses, because it's all filtered through the touch of God coming to me wherever I was. It's the definitive denouement of the mind. Everything in my life summed up in Christ's salvation. Advent is a time for us, I believe, to step out of the chaos of the world, to stop thinking about politics, to stop thinking about COVID, to stop thinking about sports and anything else that's troubling us from the news and start to look at my own heart. Look at where's Christ come in my life in the past. What are the places in me that need redemption? What are the unprocessed, wounded memories that I'm still acting out of? Especially think about your triggers. What are certain things that just happen and you immediately have an emotional response to? Those are unredeemed memories that are causing that response. So there's a saying that most men go to war outside themselves because they don't know how to go to war within their own heart. The most unique capacity of a human being is that we have consciousness. We can go into our own thoughts. We can think about ourselves. And the problem with cell phones and media and TV all the time is it just takes our attention outside of ourselves. So we take all the chaos within our own heart and we project it outside. If you really want to live a productive advent, I'll give you this one resolution. Cut off the media. Forget about the presidency and the COVID and, and whatever's on the news. Enter into your own heart. Enter into your memory and ask the Lord, what needs to be redeemed? How do you see my life? What does it look like underneath your touch? That's where Christ always comes to find us. He was born in our world in a poor, dark cave in the dead of night. And for him to be born in us, we have to be willing to enter the poor, dark caves of our own life, of our own history, so that he can be the light shining in the darkness there. The untouched is the unsaved. God became incarnate so that he could have a body through which he could touch and heal us from the ravages of sin on our human nature. And that's why in every single Mass we come to, he again comes to us through a body, with a body, in a body, so that touch can be made possible again in the Holy Eucharist. When you receive him, Invite him to come into contact with everything you've experienced in your life, to see it through his eyes and by his touch, to change it all into gold. And you too will see your life through rose-colored glasses.